Welcome to Grow Up, insights on how businesses can use technology to grow better. Please welcome your hosts, Jason Parkinson and Mark Hammer. It's the Grow Up Podcast. Hi, it's Jason Parkinson. And I'm Mark Hammer. How's and, it going, guys? You know, I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Except this mic, every time I talk, you see this see this stuff blowing off of the top yeah, of this mic? That's gross. We should get better <laughs> microphones. Hey, one thing at a time, man. We're trying to help others grow better. Then we can grow better ourselves, okay? Fair enough. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about moving from a funnel to a flywheel. Yeah. So instead of, you know, leads come in and that's largely a result of marketing efforts and then sales takes that over and nurtures those leads and the end result, really the end of that process is a customer. So instead of thinking about that as an end result, like HubSpot recently at Inbound this year brought out the concept of a flywheel which puts the customer at the center and then marketing, sales, and service around it. Yeah, excited to dig into that in just a minute. But first, we're going to turn things over to Christy Sparling, who's going to talk a little bit about another disruption in business. Thanks, Jason. Let's take a minute to talk about smartwatches. It's clear that the wearables arms race is just getting started. Your watch can't just tell you the time now. It needs to track your heart rate, read your texts, and alert you of breaking news. While Google Glass has met with tepid reaction and Snap Spectacles suggested that most people aren't ready to wear smart devices on their faces just yet, products like the Apple Watch and Fitbit prove that the market is still there. While tracking fitness is a start, smartphone companies should be on notice. If your watch can make calls, send emails, and take pictures, you may start to wonder just what your smartphone is for. Thanks, Christy. I actually just uh, upgraded my watch to the Series 4. So I'm I am part of the smartwatch revolution, Mark. I don't have any smartwatch at all. So I saw you're, I don't you're know, way ahead. Did you did you see the LG smartwatch that just came out? No, I, I got to tell you about this. I know this is a little off topic, but uh, so LG has a smartwatch now. It has actual dot and actual like hands on the watch oh. that move. And then the the display for the screen is behind the hands. And you have to like click a button on the side and the hands like like swoosh open like scissors <laughs> so that you can read the screen behind it. Wow. That it's, is a lot going on. It's probably one of the poorest executions of a smartwatch I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. But anyway, they're, they're changing the world. So I guess yeah. that's a that's a good thing. The yeah, other thing that's changing the world is this idea of customer centric everything. And that's kind of what we're going to dig into today. We're talking about how the sales funnel is kind of an outdated way of looking at interacting with customers in your business. And this idea of a flywheel is is where it's at now. You're essentially attracting, engaging, and delighting all the way around um, the customer that sits at the center of that flywheel. And from a customer service standpoint, if you think about the customer as an as an ending to a process, you're most likely going to stop paying attention to that customer once they reach that, you know, once they become a customer. So what the flywheel does is it forces you to think about customer service in a more long-term way. So from the very first time you contact that person up until they stop being your customer, you still want to make sure that every interaction you have with them serves them in some way, removes friction. Yeah. And so if you think about it from a marketing and sales standpoint, I think that a lot of marketers probably feel like, why do I care? Like my job is to bring in new customers, right? Like the the job of a marketer is to, how do I bring in potential leads that I can pass off to my sales team? Sales teams say, okay, my job is how do I, how do I convert these leads into sales or opportunities for us within our organization? But if you look at it, if you can delight your customer long term, customers are some of your best word of mouth marketing and they will bring in more um, opportunities for you 
and you can leverage those customers to uh, you know to upsell to and and the more that you can delight the customers the more money you can end up you know bringing into your organization as a whole yeah absolutely and it aligns your entire organization into thinking about you know how can I be helpful how can I help the customer from the very first time they talk to me all the way you know through the process or the life of that relationship no that's true and if you start looking at from a software perspective you know everyone's heard of marketing automation software right and and then there's this idea of sales and CRM software um, but there's this other kind of missing piece that's kind of started coming on the scene now and you've probably interacted it with 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 this type of software before Zendesk is probably one of the most well-known um, you know ticketing softwares mm-hmm. for helping on the service side so after you've got a customer you know, how do you continue to support that customer? And what I always hate about solutions like Zendesk or, or some others is that, you know, you're really treating a customer like a number. OK. And, right. you know, most businesses, you know, preach that, you know, a customer is a relationship to us. They're not just a number and then turn around and slap a number on an issue that a customer may have. And so one of the nice things about, you know, really trying to take that customer centric approach. And as you're thinking about the software piece is how do you you know, how do you deliver on that delight stage with your customer and servicing them as a whole without treating them as a number or as a ticket in a big system? Yeah, and so good point. HubSpot is kind of helped solve this a little bit. So HubSpot obviously has had marketing software, they've had sales software and CRM, and just recently they rolled out their service hub, which mm-hmm. essentially allows you to really, you know, kind of handle that back half of delighting that customer through to bringing in more customers in the future. And they sure. do that through a lot of different things, not just um, a ticketing software without treating a customer as a number. It still treats a customer as a human. But they have a conversations tool so you can handle live chat with your customers or your prospects right on your website. They've got some additional tools that allow you to send out surveys um, at certain points in the customer journey. Um, so really, it's it's pretty powerful software that kind of helps, you know, bring this whole thing, this whole flywheel model together. Yeah, absolutely. And what that does really well is it does remove friction from the customer standpoint. And that's ultimately what you want to do. You want to identify areas where you can make life easier on your customers. So that chat feature, for example, instead of having to hunt and, you know, explore your website for the information I want, I can just click on that chat bot and it'll give me exactly what I need right then. Yeah, here's a, here's kind of a, an interesting antidote from a customer of ours um, that's a, a college apartment complex. So we were um, we were working with them on kind of coming up with a strategy for how can they communicate better with their customers, and uh, we decided that live chat on their website would be a really great tool for them. And so we installed the live chat on their website at like 7 p.m. one evening, mm-hmm. and they had 40 conversations in their live chat the, the following day. Yeah, it's like, clearly something people want. Yes, like the minute the live chat was available on their website, boom, they've got prospects, they've got, you know, existing customers and they're interacting with it that way and it cut down on so many phone calls that would have come into their organization right. or emails they would have to respond to and it was all done just with a live chat bubble right on their on their site. And it makes those customers feel like, wow, that was easy. Yeah. And that's really any any business that makes me feel that way where I'm almost astonished by how easy it is for me to get the information I need or for you to deliver whatever it is you're delivering product or service. Whatever makes me go, wow, like I can't believe how easy that was. Like I'm going to do business with you again and again. 
So, Mark, when we start talking about friction, I know that there's probably a lot of examples that have kind of, you know, existed in even our own interactions with yeah. companies. Not Sadly. Just, yeah, not just ones that we've fixed, but, you know, ones that maybe we've experienced. What are some examples that you can come up with? Like, do you have an example of, of uh, you know, an experience that has a lot of friction in it? Yeah. So my wife and I recently bought a new couch from a furniture company that shall not be named here on this podcast. Local, chain, or national? Uh, it's a national. It's, a, it's one of the big guys. You okay. would know the name in okay. an instant. But it's one of those things where we are steadfast uh, devotees of buying things online. And we, in fact, have bought a lot of furniture online. We decided to take a chance this time and go to a showroom. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's a big it was, step, Mark. And it was a huge mistake. So... <laughs> We picked out what we wanted. We ordered this piece of furniture and then like weeks had gone by and we had not gotten the call to schedule for delivery. So already we're wondering, you know, like what what's going on. Mm. And so instead of the company like reaching out to us and making clear, hey, here's what's going on with your order. Here's when you can expect delivery here. You know, like any kind of handholding or guidance as to when we might see the product that we paid for. We had to contact them and say, what's the deal? So that's an example of friction right there. I don't want to have to contact the company to investigate the problem that they're foisting upon me. Yeah. So, and and sadly it continues. (laughs) But so we said, uh, you know, what what the heck, where, you know, where is this thing? And they're like, well, there's been some kind of error, some sort of weird, like they couldn't really give me much information. Yeah, that brings the flywheel to a screeching halt. It does. It does. And so after enough probing, they were like, oh, you know, it's delayed. It's a manufacturer's delay. Hmm. And so we were like, oh, what does that mean? And so they're like, well, like technically like this thing isn't in stock. Like we have have to to make it. Yeah, they have to make it. We have to wait on the manufacturer. Wow. And so we were pretty appalled by that because you would think that that is something to mention to your customer during the sale. Yeah. So in in a better scenario, if you think about a flywheel moving, okay, so you've got this this customer at the middle of it and things are happening around it, you would have liked uh, communication to come to you as soon as something happened and then probably frequent updates to happen along that as well. And many, and that's what what buying online does for you is you get to see, okay, my package has left. Yeah, it allows (laughs) you to track your package. Right. The the peace of mind and having the ability to track your item is really important. When you don't have it, it's really noticeable in 2018. Yeah, no, that's that's so true. The, what's the other experience? We were talking earlier about that burger place that you were telling me about the rewards program. Yeah. So and this is one of my favorite burger places in the world. I, again, won't name names, but the rewards program is really puzzling. So rewards are a good thing. Everybody can agree. You like when something good happens to you. Mm-hmm. But when you swipe your card to, you know, activate these rewards, the screen will more or less just tell you that something has occurred. You're talking on that little Ziosk Yeah, thing the little Ziosk thing will say, like, something has happened. Please contact your server. And so in that <laughs> split second or so, you're something wondering... Something good, something bad. Right. Are you, are you going to cut my credit card up? Am I going to be asked to leave? Did something, you know, it, there's some... It, it leaves it very much open to interpretation. Mm. But... It was a happy ending. You know, the server comes by and I say, hey, it said this little screen said to contact you. What's going on? And the server goes, oh, actually, your your meal is free. I've checked your rewards and look at that. And <laughs> that's a heck of a way to uh, present that information to you. Yeah, it's a happy ending. Friction. But that's another. Yeah, I don't want my like the nice thing that you've done for me has been somewhat offset by the the fact that I had to chase you down and ask you to explain it. Yeah, that's true. So that brings a flywheel to a halt again. It does. 
Yeah. yeah. If you think about too, when um, like when you call a business and you're placed on hold, my bank is notorious for this. You know, and they're like, uh, we're experiencing higher than normal call volumes. (laughs) Like, please continue to hold. Right. Like I get really frustrated. However, companies that allow me to schedule a call online or that allow me to ask for a callback so that I don't have to wait on hold like that helps remove that friction. Right. It does. Keeps the experience for the customer uh, moving. And I think that's something that a lot of companies probably do. It's a longstanding, you know, concept to leave people on hold. But yeah, nothing's worse than hearing, hey, we're experiencing higher call volume like please bear with us. Like, well, for how long? Yeah. A half hour, (laughs) an hour, an hour and a half. Like I, and I've waited that long for places like Comcast before. It's just to throw that out there. So, I mean, it it assumes you're, you're kind of insulting your customer by assuming that they're just, they have nothing to do, but sit on the couch all day. Right. All right. So what's the 10 second takeaway on, on flywheels, Mark? So the 10 second takeaway on flywheels is that customers should be the central focus from the first time they make contact, uh, you know, to infinity. When customers are looked at as an end result, service suffers. And when that happens, customers leave. Identify friction in your organization and then devise a plan to get rid of as much of it as you can. Yeah, you could probably just do a quick brainstorming session and your employees could tell you where there's friction in the organization. Yeah, I'm right? sure they can. It'll make a big difference. Yeah. Awesome. Mark, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for joining us today. It's the Grow Up Podcast. And coming up next week, I'm pretty excited about this. We're going to talk a little bit about pro wrestling and actually bring in a uh, a pro wrestler himself. This is this is going to be a lot of fun. The marketing and self-promotion behind pro wrestling. So uh, join us next week. I can't wait. Thanks for listening to Grow Up. For more information about the topics discussed in today's show, visit onefire.com slash grow up. This has been a One Fire production.